what's going on guys sam adams here and welcome to another episode of cabinet today for december the 3rd of 2018 my name is samuel adams and welcome to today's show i hope you are all doing very well for those that are joining me live right now on twitch.tv slash samuel adams live i appreciate you being here joining me for tonight's show and to those watching the youtube video slash podcast version of the show later on in the evening perhaps tomorrow maybe even years in the future who knows when you actually watch this. Welcome to the show, and I hope that you are doing very well, and I hope you do enjoy what you find with today's program. But big news today. We've got a lot of stuff coming up this coming weekend with the Kind of Funny Games Showcase, which is essentially taking the place, in some regards, of the PlayStation experience. Eh, we'll see what happens with that. But tons of games coming your way, tons of game announcements, tons of game footage, and I cannot wait to watch it all right here over on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Going to be a really good show with that. So that is our headliner for the day. On top of that, Steam has changed the way that developers get paid, which is definitely getting some uh, traction in the industry. Some uh, discussion going around about that. NVIDIA has announced a brand new card, and it is going to break the bank. It's a lot of money. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Spider-Man is still killing it in the UK and is now the fastest selling PS4 game ever. And it's on track to overtake Uncharted 4's record. That is impressive. On top of that, Starbreeze, a publisher, has filed for reconstruction after the Overkill Walking Dead game came out and it was simply not good, to put it lightly. PUBG Mobile is getting a crossover with Resident Evil 2. Battlefield 5's first free DLC has been delayed as DICE discovers issues. And I feel like that's a pretty good call, to be honest with you, because you can't afford any bad press right now with Battlefield 5. On top of that, Tumblr is going to start blocking adult content on December the 17th. Not a gaming necessarily related topic, but I know it shares a lot of the gaming community. So give me one moment. Sip of coffee. A little bit parched. You know, we're going to be talking a lot here during the show, during the podcast. So we have to keep the, the lips nice and moist. A lot of people don't like that word. I think it's very descriptive, but... On top of that, if you remember a game called Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, Just Cause 4 has its own version of that. So we will talk about it. I am glad that I will always have a second for my coffee because it is delicious black coffee. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the main news of the day. Starting off with nearly half a dozen games are to release during the Kind of Funny Games Showcase. And that is release, like as in you can play them during the show. The Kind of Funny Games Showcase airs on Twitch this Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. This show will give viewers a look at over 60 games and a Kind of Funny press release says that nearly a half dozen of them will officially release during the show, meaning you can play them that day. Hosted by Kinda Funny's Greg Miller and Tim Geddes, the showcase is expected to run for one hour and is designed to fill the void for the PlayStation experience, which is usually held this week, but will not be happening this year because there isn't, frankly, anything to announce from PlayStation as far as I can tell. Just my opinion, though. Quote, I've always loved how Jeff's Game Awards dovetail with PlayStation's PSX, says Miller. The Game Awards take care of all the huge news, announcements, and trailers, and then PSX offers a lower-key fan-slash-dev-focused event where other, often smaller, games can shine. With it taking 2018 off, we thought it would be a great opportunity to take it upon ourselves to offer game makers a platform to celebrate their work. Kinda Funny hasn't revealed which games will be a part of the program, but Sega, Devolver Digital, Drinkbox Studios, and Bithel Games are just some of the studios that will be featured. Miller and Sega took to Twitter to tease a possible Yakuza announcement for the show. 
That's a big deal. What are you hoping to see at the Game Awards and then following the Kind of Funny Games Showcase? And you can let Game Informer and the guys over there behind the scenes know in the comments section down below. As for me, I'm game for just about anything. What I love is the fact that this is just a small mention on a morning show that has just blossomed into this beautiful flower of game announcements and gameplay and new game announcements. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see what this does have in store. But the main thing here is that 60 games are going to get featured. On top of that, at least six are going to, or nearly six, I suppose, half a dozen, so doing the math, carry the one. That's at least five, I would say, if it's nearly half a dozen. You're going to be getting a lot of new games this weekend, many of which I probably didn't cover on the drop, but also temper your expectations because they are indie games. Let's make that very clear. These are not mind-bogglingly huge games. These are simply very basic. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe a brand new Yakuza just there, or a brand new... I don't know. Uncharted. Boom. There it is. Just kidding. Again, don't get your hopes up. I digress. This is a new show. Let's reel it back in, Sam. Come on. Uh, if you did want to check out the show live this coming Saturday, it's going to be at twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames if you did want to check it out. Again, that is twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. And I, my friends, will be watching this at 1 p.m. Pacific or Eastern Time at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. If you wanted to watch along with me over there on, again, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. But cannot wait. Uh, I've been a big fan of Greg Miller ever since he was on podcast Beyond with Colin Moriarty. I loved their uh, their synergy, and of course, they parted ways. But Kind of Funny still is uh, one of the best of the best. I really do enjoy them. And they're personally my favorite branch of the Rooster Teeth family. So if you did want to check that out, cannot wait to see what they do offer this coming weekend. And who knows? This could be bigger than the PlayStation experience next year this time. We really... It's the it's an open field right now. You've got a ton of potential right now to see what they can do. However, moving on to the next story of the day, Steam gives successful developers a larger cut of game revenue. They're changing the way that devs get paid. Valve wants to make its platform more attractive for big publishers. And I talked about this a bit on Twitter, but it's something I want to touch on again. Valve wants to make Steam more alluring for large developers, and it's willing to give up a slice of the pie to make that happen. The company has revised Steam's distribution agreement to give its most successful publishers a larger cut of their revenue from games, add-ons, and in-app purchases. Any game that has earned over $10 million on Steam since October 1st, 2018 will provide developers a 75% cut of future revenue rather than the usual 70%. If they make at least $50 million, they'll take home 80% on any subsequent earnings. A blockbuster hit could easily generate significantly more cash. Valve has also loosened its control over sales data. Creators now have explicit permission to share their sales info with others as they see fit, whether it's with other companies or the public, while they are certainly, excuse me, while they have certainly been other ways to find out whether or not a game is a hit, this could eliminate some of the guesswork. And I would agree, it does indeed. The new agreement also includes some basic GDPR compliance info and has required some basic safety warranties for VR games. Studios have to ensure that a VR title won't cause physical harm and that they won't override Steam VR safety features like Chaperone, which keeps you aware of the real-world play space boundaries. The revenue changes won't please indie game makers, for whom the usual 70% revenue isn't always enough. However, it might increase the chances the publishers and developers will stick with Steam instead of launching their own services and cutting Valve out of the loop. And so we talked about this a bit over on Twitter, or at least I did, and I got a couple of replies here and there. But this, in my opinion, is because of the fact that you have seen these giant games jumping ship from Steam and going over to third-party services. The one that is out front for everybody to see is very much so clearly Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Of course, traditionally, Call of Duty has been available on Steam, and it's been, you know, home on Steam for pretty much its entire existence that it has been on PC. But... 
Now you have it over on the Blizzard Net or uh, Battle.net app, the Blizzard app, whatever they're calling it now. It got through a couple of renames here and there over the past couple of years. But now you've got it over there alongside the likes of World of Warcraft and on top of that Hearthstone. Of course, that is because of Activision and all of that good behind-the-scenes mumbo-jumbo. But I digress, not on Steam anymore. That is one of the biggest games on PC for the entirety of 2018. It really is uh, bringing people back to Call of Duty on PC. And so to have it not on Steam is inevitably going to hurt some of the sales because that's just money that's being left on the table. You've also seen this with games like Battlefield. If I remember correctly, Battlefield 3 was on Steam whenever it first launched. Now you see games like Battlefield 4, Hardline, Battlefield 1, and Battlefield 5 all moving away from that Steam setup and going over directly to Origin on PC via that direct launcher. And there are many, many more examples of this exact same thing happening. Now many games do launch simultaneously on both Steam and whatever app they might use as a third-party source, but still you've got a lot of that revenue going to other sources and Steam simply doesn't want that. Uh, so apparently it's been changed back to Battle.net. Good move. That Blizzard app thing was weird. I didn't like that that much. Uh, however, that is pretty much my take on this entire thing. I think right now you are seeing uh, the emergence of a better deal for those that are throwing more money at Steam, and therefore they're going to be able to make more money. It's just a whole bunch of political mumbo-jumbo, all that good stuff. So, hopefully... This will not impact the indie devs of Steam because that makes up a large part of what does happen over on Steam. But at the same time, uh, it's a balance between trying to get big publishers to come back to Steam and stay on Steam and also weed out the people that might be making less quality games. You know, you've got a lot of indies uh, that have been put on Steam because they can't quite frankly make it to other platforms. And of course, that has been fixed uh, in a large way over the course of the past year or so. But still, a lot of work needs to be done on the back end over there on Steam. But steps in the right direction, I will say that. We are moving in the right direction with this. So if you are an indie dev looking to put your game on Steam, you might feel an impact from this. So keep your eye or to the sky, ear to the ground. There we go. That's the sayings that we have in our lingo. However, if you wanted a brand new graphics card to play some of these games we've been talking about, then you might want to dish out some money to NVIDIA because they have announced a $2,500 Titan RTX. Imagine an SLI build with this. You could probably run Crisis at 60 frames per second. But NVIDIA has pulled the wraps off of a new flagship GPU using the full-size chip based on its all-new Turing architecture. Dubbed the Titan RTX, this gold-colored behemoth is priced at $2,500, and its most notable spec is its ludicrous 24 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory. This is more than double the 11 gigabytes wedged into the RTX 2080 Ti and will allow it to absorb massive data sets in its natural habitat of computational workloads. NVIDIA is dubbing the Godzilla sized chip T-Rex, which is a play on the letters RTX and a nod to it being able to swallow large computation models. The new GPU would deliver a bit more RTX performance for ray tracing and DLSS rather than the RTX 2080 Ti as it is the full-sized Turing die and not the slightly cut down version used on the previous GPU. It has roughly 6% more cut and tenor, tensor cores excuse me, and the ability to process 1 million more rays, aka giga rays, compared to its more affordable RTX sibling. To break it down, let's back it up a little bit. We gotta rewind, be kind. This thing is just a boss. If you didn't understand any of what I just said, it is the best card on the market when it comes to what you were using to play games, etc. This thing is just an absolute beast. 
when it comes down to it. Now, $2,500 worth of beasts, that's up to you to decide. But the RDX Titan developers, excuse me, delivers 9% more memory bandwidth compared to the RTX 2080 Ti, thanks to a wider memory bus. And the GPU also features an NVLink connector, allowing you to chain two GPUs together in case you recently received a large cash settlement of at least $5,000 because it's freaking massive. The Titan RTX shares the same design as the previous RTX cards with a dual fan cooling system and a metal backplate. Despite requiring 30 watts more than the RTX 2080 Ti. It has the same dual 8-pin power connectors, and NVIDIA recommends at least a 650-watt power supply unit. Again, $2,500. And congratulations, you can already jump in and pre-order a PC with this thing built into it via Origin PC if you were looking to do that. Uh, but just a freaking massive upgrade from what we've seen with the 2080 Ti, and overall, uh, really a step towards the future, and it's the card of the future, really. It's it's just absolutely insane. Yeah, very well. Could simulate the Matrix with this card, if I did have to guess. But I would say you're just beginning to see the evolution. How many people are going to be buying this? It's only going to be hitting the top you know, 1% of gamers that really want the best of the best, that have the best setups. But when it comes to the next generation where uh, 4K and beyond is the norm, multiple 4K screens is the norm, uh, this is what you're going to start seeing as the um, the baseline go-to for a lot of developers and a lot of publishers uh, when it comes to what is required to run some games. Again, this is not going to be like, next year you need this $2,500 chip. Nah, you're good on that. But 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, this is going to be remembered as the foundation for modern PC gaming. So pay attention. You never know what you're going to find when it comes to this Titan RTX. And again, if you happen to come across one in your travels, go ahead and take out a loan because damn, you know, it's really good looking good. Now, Rex Titan in the chat says it's the iPhone X of graphics cards. It's mega expensive, but it's pushing everything else forward. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. But if you did want to get one again, $2,500, and it does a good bit more than the traditional 2080 Ti, which has traditionally been the biggest of the big when it comes to graphics cards. I recently upgraded to a 1070 Ti, and I'm happy with that in my 1080p biodome. It's real nice. I, I must admit it. I'm very pleased with it. Speaking of 1080p... <laughs> Spider-Man is now the fastest-selling PS4 game ever on track to overtake Uncharted 4's record. The weekly UK charts report is in from GFK, and Spider-Man has broken another record months after its release. Spider-Man has now become the fastest-selling PS4 game ever in the UK and is on track to beat Uncharted 4's record of the best-selling PS4 exclusive this generation. The game started off strong worldwide and got a boost from Black Friday sales, and that's only at retail. Spider-Man isn't the only game breaking records either, as this year has seemingly favored exclusive titles compared to third parties. Forza Horizon 4's nine-week sales are up 18% compared to Horizon 3, and the game continues to hold the fifth spot in this week's chart. Seeing as the game was available on Game Pass day and date with the retail version and the shift to digital overall, this performance is still very impressive. As far as weekly movements go, the week's biggest release, Darksiders 3, debuted at number 32. The game's opening week sales were down 84% on Darksiders 2 and 70% on the original game. Some of this could be the result of a stronger performance digitally, but it seems like the third entry has not been well received by fans, and it has not been received well by critics. That's unfortunate about Darksiders 3. I must admit, that game definitely had my attention, but when it comes to Spider-Man, this game is just killing it. Like, literally, oh my god. If you've never played Spider-Man, it is 
one of the best games that I have ever played, especially on a modern console. The way that they nailed combat, the way that they nailed traversal, uh, the web swinging feels like genuinely good web swinging. There is a lot to love within Spider-Man, and I cannot wait to dive into the DLC. I platinumed the game about a week and a half after it came out, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but I love that game, and uh, it totally deserves every bit of praise that it's getting right now. So, if you haven't picked it up, you could be one of the people that pushes it to overtake Uncharted 4's record, especially if you are in the UK. I cannot wait to see US sales figures for this in the next couple of months. We'll see what happens with that, but right now, still absolutely killing it. But not shocked to see uh, the overall third-party kind of decline, in a way, as compared to the first-party titles. Because as the article does say, Forza Horizon 4 doing very well. Of course, over on PlayStation, you have God of War. Uh, you also have your, um, trying to think of other games that have been exclusive this year. You've got your God of War. You've got your um, other games coming to mind. They're there. Oh, man. God of War is a fine example. Uh, on top of that, you've also got third-party titles like Red Dead Redemption 2 doing significantly better on the PlayStation 4. So again, it's one of those things that goes back and forth. Horizon Zero Dawn is a good example, uh, but specifically talking about 2018, mainly God of War. On top of that, you've also got other games that have come out only on PlayStation. Leave them in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. You know what I mean. Uh, however, in comparison to these third-party titles... Well, we see how Darksiders 3 is doing, but hey, that's because it is Darksiders 3. I digress. Spider-Man doing very well. Good job to the team over there behind the scenes at Insomniac Games. A game that is not doing well at all. Starbreeze has filed for reconstruction to avoid bankruptcy after Overkill's The Walking Dead. Revenue is not enough. Publisher and developer Starbreeze announced today that it has filed for reconstruction due to a shortage of cash. CEO Bo Anderson has also resigned. This comes not long after Starbreeze told investors that low sales revenue from Overkill's The Walking Dead meant that it would have to cut costs, but the forecasted revenue has been reduced further and a shortfall was predicted for the next month. Salaries and operations will apparently continue as normal at Starbreeze and its subsidiaries, excuse me, according to Boilerplate Insolvency Press release. And while Anderson has resigned as CEO, and from the board of directors, along with one other member, there won't be any other management changes. Quote, the decision is based on a shortage of liquidity and deemed to be a ne uh, necessary step to give the company the time needed to negotiate the long-term financial solution and implement changes in the organization and operation, Starbreeze says. The financial targets for Q4 2018 and 2020 no longer applies. Sales revenue from Overkill's zombie co-op romp was lower than expected, and Starbreeze largely blamed its popularity in regions where the game is significantly cheaper, such as Russia and China. The game's reception was also lukewarm. In their own walking Dead review over at PC Gamer, they noted the shoddy multiplayer and disappointing combat. So Starbreeze is the publisher for Overkill's The Walking Dead, and obviously that game did not do too well. Uh, if you look at gameplay of it, it looks beautiful. Like, the way that the textures work and the overall look of the zombies, they nailed a lot of aspects, but when it comes to the combat, uh, when it comes to a lot of the mechanics, it just doesn't feel like a good zombies experience, especially when you have Call of Duty bringing their zombies experience to the table and so many other games doing better than Overkill's The Walking Dead. What they were going for uh, was something similar to what we saw with, um, uh, oh god, um, the games that are the games that are zombie games, zombie, uh, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead. It's uh, it's like Left 4 Dead in a lot of ways. So if you did want to check it out, check out some gameplay. You might want to jump into it. But at the same time, you do have this Last of Us style combined with 
the Left 4 Dead 2 kind of gameplay. It's a weird game, one that's worth checking out, but at the same time, not doing so hot, and for a good reason. Not a solid game, I must admit. Uh, so, we'll see what happens with Starbreeze and the guys over there at Overkill, but right now, seems like their most recent game is a flop overall and could be a flop for the company. We'll see what happens. But moving on to the next story of the day, PUBG Mobile, which, by the way, as an aside, fantastic mobile game. Download it if you haven't. Free to play if you did want to get into that. And not a money cash grabby kind of free to game. It's it's good. Uh, but it's getting a Resident Evil 2 crossover. Zombies are set to invade the BR game. PUBG Mobile is gearing up for another high profile crossover just months after its Mission Impossible Fallout event. And this time it's trading in the secret agent thrills for bucket loads of gore courtesy of Resident Evil 2 and its mashup. The news was teased by the Japanese Resident Evil Twitter account with a found footage style CCTV feed that fits between a zombie attack and images of abandoned streets all part or par for the course excuse me my mouse was in the way for the iconic series PUBG mobile cross resident evil 2 re2 collaboration is decided reads the translated tweet what kind of innovative play can be produced by combining the world's most popular mobile game and survival horrors monument two super ips who knows that's all we know thus far but with no launch date or gameplay details have been confirmed yet of course, zombies have long been part of Call of Duty, the latest installment of which introduced its own BR mode, and Fortnite already had its Avengers Infinity War mashup, with rumors of a Wrecked Ralph event also surfacing last month. Despite threats from its rivals, PUBG Mobile is chugging along nicely, having amassed over 100 million downloads, and it's also added its Sanok Tropical Island map in September to the game, and it was crowned the best game of the year in Google Play's annual Best Of list, where it also snagged the new Fan Favorite Award. Overall, this sounds really cool. I am a big fan of PUBG Mobile when I have played it. Of course, whenever I do get around to playing games these days, I tend to stray more towards the PC, PlayStation 4 side of things. But whenever I've got a little bit of time left over, hey, if I'm laying there in bed, don't want to go to sleep quite yet, why not? You know, so this could be a really cool uh, crossover between PUBG Mobile and Resident Evil 2. It very well could be a cash grabby kind of advertisement in so you know who knows what this will be but as of right now i would say you could probably expect this towards the beginning of 2019 again no dates have been revealed as of yet but it does seem like something that would be building up a couple of weeks before the release of resident evil 2 remake which is coming out let's see resident evil 2 remake is coming out on january the 25th so I would say maybe look for this two weeks prior, maybe at the beginning of the year. We'll see what happens with this. Uh, it could be directly after Christmas announcement. Who knows? But I will tell you one thing. This game, Resident Evil 2 Remake, looks very solid. This is a good-looking game. They have done wonders of when it comes to improvements on the original Resident Evil 2. One that I might be checking out myself, I must admit, looking really good, really stellar with that one. Speaking of a game that is looking really stellar, Battlefield 5's first free DLC has been delayed as DICE discovers an issue at the last minute. And again, DICE found a quote-unquote issue. The first installment in Battlefield 5's free DLC campaign will not make it out on schedule. Developer DICE said on Twitter that it found an unspecified issue with the first Tides of War content, Chapter 1 Overture, and as such, the release is being held back beyond its December the 4th launch. Quote, rather than create issues in the game, we are holding the update for the time being, DICE said. The studio added that it will report back on an update as soon as possible, but for now, the dev said it does not anticipate a long delay. Whereas previous Battlefield games charged money for 
extra content. Battlefield 5 is giving it away for free though the uh, through the life of the service, uh, and it's an element known as Tides of War. Chapter 1 Overture as a new map, Panzerstorm, which is set in 1940s Belgium, and as its name suggests, it's a tank-focused map, and DICE says up to 17 tanks can duke it out at once on the map. That's a lot of tanks. I'm not even going to lie. The Overture update also adds the fifth War Story single-player chapter, The Last Tiger. The missions sees you playing as a Nazi soldier who is fighting not only allied forces, but also their own doubts about doubts about the ideology that led them to their now inevitable defeat. You can see a brief tease for the campaign video below, but that sounds very cool if I do say so myself. What's more, Overture introduces a new training mode called Practice Range, a tutorial mode of sorts that teaches you the basics of weapons and vehicles. And additionally, the game update introduces new challenges that reward players with things like soldier outfits and weapon skins, while the game also adds cosmetic customization options for tanks and other vehicles. So, we'll see when this actually does end up coming out, but I will say right now uh, that since I picked up Battlefield 5, hold on, prop time, baby. For, for, the, for the podcast listeners, this is, this is completely useless, but I recently picked up Battlefield 5. And I did not have high expectations. It was on sale last week at Target for 30 bucks, And I was like, hey, I've got two gift cards. Let's go for it. So I ended up paying about $5.41 for the game. And I've put about six or seven hours into it. I finished one of the war stories and I played a good bit of multiplayer. But I will say that once you get into it and you start to understand the mechanics of the game, it really does grow on you. And I will say that I am very excited to spend more time with it over the holiday season. And especially with this new war story coming out, which does add this kind of uh, Nazi perspective to the entire thing while you're questioning the validity of your choices. Uh, that sounds very engaging for me and I cannot wait to dive into this and see what it does entail. Now, when it comes to the new DLC model, this is what's saving this entire delay right now because nobody paid for this. You have a $60 game that is getting tons of free updates over the course of the next couple of years, really. And so what are you going to do? Complain about free updates? You know, if they need to delay it, they can delay it without any kind of repercussion. And that's one of the biggest benefits of having that kind of business model is that nobody really can complain when something is being given for free. Also, my PC just froze, so we'll see what happens with that. Thank God we're good to go on that but overall really enjoying battlefield 5 and they can take as much time as they want when it comes to adding new content to the game because quite frankly there is so much content in the base game right now the people that have been playing it since day one have plenty to do still and if you don't well the replay value is very high so you can wait for a couple more days but we'll see what happens and when it does launch and i will let you guys know when that new update is coming up in a new episode of cabinet at some point over the course of the next, I would guess, week or two. I mean, they can't delay it forever. It's got to come out a couple of days after it was originally planned to. So we'll see what happens. My bet, hold on, tasting the uh, the wind to see which way it's blowing. Actually, a breeze in my room. That's kind of weird. Um, December the 7th. That's what my bet is for that one. Now, moving on to something that's sort of kind of connected in a perverted way to the gaming community, Tumblr will start blocking adult content on December the 17th. The move comes after images of child sexual abuse were found on the site. Tumblr has announced that it will no longer allow adult content beginning December the 17th. The site, which is owned by Engadget's parent company, says the content includes photos, videos, or GIFs that show real-life human genitals or female-presenting nipples in any content, including photos, videos, GIFs, and illustrations that depict sex acts. The move comes just after Tumblr's app was removed from the App Store, reportedly because of images of child sexual abuse that made their way onto the site. In a statement, Tumblr said that at the time that while it scans every upload image against a database of known child sexual abuse 
database material, images that hadn't yet been included in the database were found on its site. It removed the content and reiterated that it had a zero tolerance policy against that type of material. But during the same time, Tumblr was also reportedly removing other posts featuring adult content, which some people believe to be a response to the App Store removal. Quote, as Tumblr continues to grow and evolve and our understanding of our impact on our world becomes clearer, we have a responsibility to consider that impact across different age groups, demographics, cultures, and mindsets, the company said in a statement about its decision to ban adult content. We spent considerable time weighing the pros and cons of expression in the community that includes adult content. In doing so, it became clear that without this content, we have the opportunity to create a place where more people feel comfortable expressing themselves. So I can stop here because I've gotten to the point of the entire article. This is weird to me because as somebody who never goes on Tumblr, what I understand about Tumblr is that it's a great place if you are a fan of any kind of fandom, whether it's some kind of YouTuber fandom or whether it's some kind of Lord of the Rings or any kind of Harry Potter or any kind of anything along those lines, Twilight, stuff like that. Uh, you can find fan fiction to fit your needs in any kind of way, shape, or form that might be. And so that's kind of been Tumblr's bread and butter in my mind and in the minds of many others over the course of its entire existence, really. Since I first learned what Tumblr was, uh, that's what I understood it to be. Now, to block adult content on the site is something that I think is going to protect a lot of younger kids from being exposed to it, maybe what would be considered to be too early, you know, depending on your, your parenting style and your view on the world. Uh, but to block it completely is something that's a bit shocking for me just because it is such a bread and butter part of Tumblr. And a lot of people online have been hitting back at this saying, hey, this is not the Tumblr that we know and love. Already it's a site that is going down. Of course, it was acquired by Yahoo, I think back in 2015. Uh, and Yahoo itself was not doing well then. Tumblr itself not doing well now. Yahoo still not doing well. So even with all of the, the back end information that we have on this, still just seems like a strange move. Uh, but again, moderation of that kind is something that should be treated very diligently because of course child sexual abuse material take it all down burn it anybody that uploaded it burn them too uh just throw everything in the fire but to take down all this adult content that has been created when it comes to art and when it comes to fandom a lot of people enjoy that stuff i'm not one of them but hey you know to each their own that's kind of a uh, a weird balance but again it's tumblr it's a site that you agree to sign on to, that you agree to their terms of use, and so they can really do whatever they want. You can't really argue free speech when it comes to online. Uh, people have tried that with Twitter, and overall, Twitter's a private site that you signed up for, so hey, you can say whatever they allow you to say, and nothing more, nothing less. But we'll see what happens with this one. They very well could reverse this, but again, to not have that app on the App Store, that's a big hit to a lot of revenue sources and a lot of traffic overall, so kind of complex there. But to round out the news of the day... Just Cause 4 has its own secret version of getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Behold a simple cauldron and a pickaxe on the edge of a cliff. The Just Cause games are known for their bizarre, world-breaking Easter eggs from a lost smoke monster in the second game to Thor's hammer in the third, but Just Cause 4 goes above and beyond with an incredible nod to getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Getting over it with Bennett Foddy was one of the strangest releases of 2017. It was a platforming game that had players controlling a man stuck in a witch's cauldron. His quest was to climb a mountain of garbage using only a sledgehammer and his upper body strength. Yes, really. 
The game was made by designer Bennett Foddy, who provides a running narration with development anecdotes and quotes as you attempt to conquer the mountain. Despite the bizarre premise, it became a hit with streamers, garnering an international fan following. Now, it's getting some attention once again with an appearance in Just Cause 4. While exploring the game's open world, players can stumble upon a suspicious cauldron and pickaxe stationed near the top of a mountain. Interacting with it causes the camera to spin around to a side-scrolling perspective. Just Cause mainstay Rico suddenly finds himself within the cauldron, using the pickaxe as a means to propel himself up the mountain. If that wasn't obvious enough, we suddenly hear the voice of Fadi, who starts giving meta-commentary on the Easter egg. You're most likely watching this Easter egg online, he says, where someone else has discovered it and recorded it for you, like a baby bird feeding, being fed chewed-up food. Ah, it's so good. If you're looking for the full hours-long getting over it experience within Just Cause 4, I am sorry to disappoint, but this Easter egg is just a few minutes long, and yet, in terms of dedication and execution to the joke, it scores full marks. Oh, I love it so dang much. And again, uh, essentially, this was the idea behind the original game. You have this sledgehammer, you have this cauldron, and you just kind of try and make it up this mountain. It was incredibly frustrating for a ton of streamers. But now you've got it in Just Cause 4. So here's the gameplay of it, of course. Uh, beautiful game. One of the most impressive that I've seen when it comes to the textures of the terrain. Uh, and also just the zaniness of the game overall. But I love the fact that they included something along these lines. So again, here's the cauldron, I would assume, coming up. Perhaps he's, he's showing us exactly where it is. I'm not that concerned about it. I'm trying to skip through the video. Ah, I see. It's on the side of a mountain. So I would assume you go up to it, you interact with it, and perhaps you go ahead and, and, you, and you zip onto it. There we go. So that is the look of it. Of course, very similar in a lot of ways to the original Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, but a very fun little Easter egg and one that definitely does the original game justice. So if you did have Just Cause 4, if you're going to get Just Cause 4, uh, then by all means, you can check this one out when the game does officially launch over the next few days. But really a good looking game overall and one that is definitely on my list for the rest of 2018. And indeed, a very cool Easter egg overall, Duke of Spook, a very cool Easter egg overall. But that rounds out today's episode of Cabinet. If you happen to miss the show or you want to go back and listen to a section again, it's going to be available always on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. But on top of that, via podcast services, thanks to the beautiful, illustrious Anchor.fm slash Samuel Adams, if you did want to get it that way. Uh, but overall, if you happen to be new to the show, I appreciate you taking the time to check it out and see what is what. Uh, but if you want to follow along live, you can go over to Twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams Live weeknights at 7 p.m. Eastern time over on again twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams live five days a week always a good time and we always talk about the best stuff like easter eggs of getting over it with Bennett Foddy and half a dozen games coming out on the kind of funny game showcase but I digress you guys have a fantastic rest of the night I appreciate the support I appreciate the love and I will talk to you soon peace